Today on Bold Steps, Mark Joe begins a new series about how to reawaken your faith. You can only be anonymous as no one knows your name. In the presence of God, there is no anonymity. He knows you. He sees you. He's watched you. Here's the thing. You may not be aware of the fact of how deeply and intimately God knows you. This is Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute, and he's senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today we begin a short series all about awakening your faith. And Mark, you ever been driving down a highway at night and catch yourself sort of dozing off? It's kind of dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have, and those strips on the side of the road, right, I forget what yeah. they call them, but yeah. they, they, they go, yeah. and suddenly you're jolted. <laughs> And that's happened to me on occasion, but it reminds me, it awakens me, it startles me. Hey, hey, let's get back on track. Let's get, uh, you're you're, you're swerving too much off the road. And I believe that this series is about that. All of us need a faith awakening. Mm -hmm. And maybe you have started to slumber or drift a little bit off course And I'm praying that God will use these messages to awaken you, startle you again to get back on course with God. And that's the title of this message, Awaken Your Faith. Here's Mark Job. It happened a couple weeks ago. I was on the couch with my leg under me, sitting on the couch, watching a program, and then I got up. Oh, it's happened to you too before, I'm sure. I got up, and when I got up, I went, oh, oh, oh. And my wife said, what's wrong? And I said, my foot is asleep. Now, come on, your foot doesn't sleep. But I said, hey, my foot is asleep. And you know, the, you know how it works, right? I, I, I try to walk on it, and I can't feel it. It's numb for, for a second. And then I, I walk on it a little bit, and then I feel that tingling, a bunch of little needles trying to hit my foot around there. And then I feel like, oh, 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 I can walk finally. And then it kind of comes to, and within minutes, I'm walking around like normal. But we say, my foot is asleep. How many of you had that before? Yeah. How many are glad, oh, I thought it was just me that had that. I'm glad that other people have that as well. Well, you know, typically we say my foot is asleep, and we know that our foot doesn't fall asleep by itself, but there is a medical uh, explanation for it. Some of you thought that it happens because you cut off the circulation. How many of you thought it happens because you cut off the circulation? That's wrong. It doesn't happen because of that. I'm giving you a little medical insight here. Really what happens is that you're pinching a nerve somehow because of an awkward sitting. And that nerve that you're pinching, you're kind of compressing the nerve. And what happens is that the electromagnetic signals that you're sending to your leg, because that nerve gets clamped, it no longer is able to do so. And so although your brain may be talking to your foot, your foot is not hearing because the communication is clamped. Are you tracking with me? And then finally, when you get up and that nerve is released, 
It takes a while before the nerve, all the nerve endings starts feeling, and the tingling that you feel is your nerve endings finally responding once again to the brain power that's rushing through that, and now you can finally feel your foot again. Now, it, we get over it in a couple of minutes, and it's no big deal, but there is something that's called Saturday night palsy that is actually serious. And it happens when someone, they call it Saturday night because people go out Saturday night, they drink, they have a little too much, they get high, and then they just fall unconscious. And if they fall unconscious in a sort of awkward position, then the nerve gets clamped. And if they stay there too long, way hours and hours and hours, it could actually do, do nerve damage that lasts for a long time. You say, well, that's nice, Pastor. What's this have to do with my message and the sermon? Let me tell you this. I'm here today to talk about awakening. Awakening your faith. Just how your leg goes asleep and can't, can't hear your brain talking to your leg, I think sometimes our faith falls asleep and we can't hear God speaking to our spirit. And so there's some of you today, I've prayed that there'd be some of you today that would feel that spiritual numbness going away from your heart and that you'd feel the tingling of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit starts reconnecting to your spiritual being that you would feel God begin to work in your faith and your faith rising out of its sleep, coming alive because God is doing a work today. So before this service is over, I've prayed, oh God, awaken some people's faith that is falling asleep. Amen? And there's no better way to do that than by jumping into the Word. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. If your faith has fallen asleep, you need to listen because I'm praying and believing that God is going to wake some faith up today. In John chapter 9, we have an interesting, compelling story. I'll begin reading in verse 1. Out of the New International Version, it says, As he went along, speaking about Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, which means teacher, who sinned, the man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus replied, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Word of the Lord. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to pull out your pen or your smartphone to write it down. I want you to write this down. I'm talking about how we awaken our faith. Number one, I want you to realize that he sees you even when you can't see him. Notice verse one, it says, and as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. I want you to envision the scenario that was happening here. In the previous chapter, we realized that Jesus was driven out of the town that he was in. He was almost stoned. They were persecuting him. He had come from a very volatile, 
confusing, aggressive situation. And I love the calmness that Jesus has as he walks beside this blind man. But I want you to notice that Jesus sees a blind man at a distance. The man was born blind. The man cannot see that Jesus is there. He doesn't see that Jesus sees him. Before the man even knows that Jesus is present, the Bible says, and Jesus saw the blind man. Now, can I tell you this? It struck me that that's how life is so many times, that Jesus sees us well before you ever see him. That Jesus is aware of you before you were aware of him. In fact, I want to say that oftentimes there are situations in our life that cause us to be blind to the presence of Jesus. That we're not even aware that he's there. We've been blinded by doubt or cynicism, by our loneliness, by being marginalized, by feeling like God is not there. But while we, before we even realize that God is there, he's already seen us. He's aware of us. He knows us. He knows your name. Your background, the color of your eyes, your personality, your story, where were you were born, how you were born, what you're thinking, the struggles that you have, your insecurities, the thoughts that you have that no one knows about, only you. Before you even knew that he was there, before you even aware that God was watching you, before you even aware of his presence, he has been watching you. Can I tell you something? You are not anonymous. Tell the person beside you, you're not anonymous. You can only be anonymous if no one knows your name. You can only be anonymous if no one knows who you are. In the presence of God, there is no anonymity. He knows you. He sees you. He's watched you. Here's the thing. You may not be aware of the fact of how deeply and intimately God knows you. In fact, what I realize is that there's, yeah, what I realize is that there's a lot of people at times that it's not until they come to know God that they realize how God has been involved in their life even before they even knew God was there. How many of you, once you came to God, you started looking over your journey and you started realizing, wow, God has been moving the pieces of my life way before I even was aware that he was there. He's been watching me before I knew his name. He's been involved in my life and I didn't even know it. He's been working in my life and I wasn't even aware of that. God has been there, seeing me, watching me, knowing me. You know, a while back, we installed some cameras, some security cameras in the offices upstairs. And so the new security cameras, they can put on your smartphone. And all you have to do is just hit on that and you can be wherever you want to be and you can actually check out the cameras. So I was at home one day and I knew my wife was at the office. And so I said, I'm going to click on my security camera. So I clicked on the office and I saw my wife. What a beautiful sight for my eyes. There she was in the office, and she was dressed a certain way, and she was talking to some people, and I, I, I turned on the cameras, and I saw her, and I watched her. Now, she didn't even know that I was watching her. She wasn't even aware that I was watching the camera. I was thinking, mm-hmm, so glad I'm married to that thing right there. Yeah, 
She doesn't even know that I'm watching her, but I'm watching her. And then I call her up. I said, hey, you look good in what she said. She said, oh, you don't know. I said, yeah, that scarf, like you just put your, yeah, the way you moved it right now and the way your hand is. She said, where are you? I said, I'm watching you. Now, she didn't even know that I was watching her, but I was watching her. I could see her even though she was unaware that I was seeing her. I'm just wondering today how many of you have lived a lot of your life unaware that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who's never had a beginning because he's always existed, he's been watching you. He's been watching you. He knows you. He sees you. He's aware of you. Oh, much more than that. He loves you. Man, it makes me want to shout hallelujah. It makes me want to say thank you, God. It makes me want to say, Lord, you've been there before I ever knew you and recognized your voice, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we're only halfway through today's lesson on how to awaken your faith. So stay with us now. Don't go anywhere. But Mark, I want to give you a chance to queue up the special weekend message coming up on our sister program, Bold Steps Weekend. Yeah, so this weekend, we're in a series entitled Rewrite, Making All Things New. And the message this weekend in particular is how full is your bucket from John chapter 4. Great passage and looking forward to that message on many of these same stations and at boldstepsweekend.org. And for even more Bold Steps content, check out the newest edition of Mark's teaching resources is a short 60-second program called the Bold Steps Minute. You can listen and learn more by going to boldstepsminute.org. And one last note, if you'd like to receive Pastor Mark's devotional, we like to call it the Bold Stepper Weekly, you can sign up at boldstepsradio.org. It's a way to connect with Mark outside our program and get to know him as a pastor and president of Moody Bible Institute, and also get some deeper insights with Mark as he delves deeper into Scripture. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly. You'll get it right to your inbox this coming Monday morning when you sign up at boldstepsradio.org. Now, let's return to our message for today. It's titled, Awaken Your Faith. Once again, here's Mark Job. Not only that, as I talk about awakening your faith, I want you to know that he sees you even though even when you can't see him. And by the way, I want to say I know that I know what you mean, but there are people that say I found Jesus. And let me tell you, you don't find Jesus. He was never lost. He finds you. You were the one that was lost that couldn't find him. And by the way, can I say this? That when we say we find Jesus or we saw Jesus, I believe in the, what Scripture t- uh, teaches us, the total depravity of man, that we are so broken, so lost, so lost in our brokenness that we can't even respond to God unless He first awakens us, that He saw us first, that He reached out to us first, that it's His Holy Spirit awakening us that we respond to. You didn't wake up one day and say, I want God and chase after God and look for God and finally find God and tug at his robes and say, God, here I am. And God says, oh, there you are. That's not the way it worked. 
It was God pursuing you. It was God that knew you. It was God that took the initiative. It was God awakening something inside of you. It was only your response to his awakening that makes you actually know that God is there. He is the pursuer. He is the awakener. He is the one that sees you before you see him. Number two, write it down. Not only does he see you when you can't see him, but he knows your past, your present, and your future. Verse two, it says, his disciples ask him, Rabbi, which was a term that they used in those days to refer to a teacher, Rabbi, who sinned, the man or his parents, that he was born blind? The disciples immediately believe there was a direct correlation between the birth defect and this man's condition. So they thought someone must have done something wrong. His parents must have sinned so that he was born blind. And let me say this. We do sow what we reap, and there are consequences to certain of our actions that we take, However, there are certain parts of our brokenness because we're born, we, we live in a fallen world that sometimes we inherit things and sometimes we get stuck with things that we had nothing to do with. It goes all the way back to not the parents' sin or the grandparents' sin. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve's sin. God placed man and woman in a perfect world and a perfect God and idyllic environment. And we fell when we, when Adam and Eve sinned against God. They broke the chain of a perfect world. And theologians call it the fall of man. And something inside of them broke. And the relationship with God broke. And they started to blame one another. And they began to hide from each other and hide from God. And every human being born after that has been born into a broken, fallen world. And we are broken, fallen people. And there are certain things that happen to all of us. And certain things that we are born with. And certain things that we experience that we did not choose but land in our lap. And so the disciples were saying, well, was it the parents' fault or was it his fault? And Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, neither. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. I was thinking about this for a moment and I was thinking that there are people here in this auditorium that you've been born in a certain house, in a certain setting that you didn't choose. This blind man had never seen light. He didn't know colors. When someone said it was a beautiful sunrise, he couldn't imagine what a sunrise looked like. When someone said, oh, you look like your father, he didn't know what that meant. He could only imagine what it meant. When someone said, hey, you look great in white, he didn't know what white was. Oh, those are great red pants. You got to be bearing, daring to wear red pants. Good for you. He didn't know what red looked like. He didn't know what blue looked like. 
He didn't know the color of the skin. When someone says, oh, they got a nice tan, he didn't know what that meant. When someone says, oh, look at the color of their hair, he could only imagine what it looked like. He could only envision what it looked like. He didn't know what his mother looked like, his father looked like, his siblings looked like. He didn't know what his town looked like, his friends looked like. He didn't know what color, light, rainbow. He didn't, look, he didn't know what people looked like, what animals looked like, what trees looked like. He never was able to gaze at the sky and see the dark blue or see a stormy night in which the clouds came in and it turned dark. He didn't know what, he didn't, feel the thrill of lightning he never seen it before he could only imagine what other people saw and I thought to myself we're so much like him because some of you in this place you've been born in situations that you didn't choose it wasn't that you said I want that family I want that household I want that father I want that mother I want that situation it was given to you Maybe you're a young woman here, and you were born in a household with a dysfunctional, broken mess in which you've never felt the love of a father. You didn't choose it. You didn't choose that your father would abandon you when you were five years old, and you don't know his name, and you barely know who, is, who he is, and never heard from him. Honey, you are so lovely. I love you. Never felt the hug and embrace of a father that said, that made you feel secure. You can only imagine... When other people talk about a father, embrace of a father, and the, the safety of it, you can only imagine what they're talking about, but you don't know it. You've never lived it, felt it, sensed it. You only know maybe what it feels like, but it's only an imagination because you have no idea what it personally feels like. It wasn't your choice, but it's what you're born into. There are people here that are born into brokenness. But it means that God has the power to take the very thing that has been your shame, the very thing that has been your brokenness, your issue, the thing you want to hide, the thing you don't want other people to know about, the thing that you wish you never had. And whatever was your shame, whatever was your issue, that God is able to take it and eventually make that part of the story to His glory and your good. It's a camouflaged blessing. Uh, you say, Pastor Mark, I can never see it that way. Oh, but maybe one day you will. One day the very thing that you think that defines you in a negative way, God has the power to display His glory through what others may think is your shame. He has the power to convert it. He has the power to change it. It becomes your story and it becomes for His glory and God has the power to do that. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, the first part of a lesson titled Awaken Your Faith. And we will continue our message when we return on Monday. But in the meantime, be sure to visit our website, boldstepsradio.org. There you'll find a number of faith-building resources, including our brand new Bold Step gift. It's a resource specially selected for this Christmas season. And to hear a little more about it, here again is Mark. Christmas is coming. And for many of us, there is still a lot to get done before that big day. But in all the hustle and bustle of our holiday preparation, sometimes one thing we don't prepare is our heart. And that's why we want to get this Bold Steps gift into your hand right away. 
It's a timely book titled, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. In this special devotional, you'll be encouraged to make the most of this Advent season with prayers and reflection for each day. You'll also find creative suggestions for activities, service projects, making this an excellent resource for the whole family. So whether you're looking to start a new tradition or just another way to spend quality time with Christ, this is one devotional you'll want to use time and time again. Don't wait. Reach out and request this Bold Step gift today. Again, it's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, and we'll send you a copy right away when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can make that donation today by going to boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or send your gift along with a request for Unwrapping the Names of Jesus through the mail by writing to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Now, before we end today's program, I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast, where you'll find each of these daily messages and listen whenever you want and wherever you are. Just open up your favorite podcast app on your phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and then click the subscribe button. And during this season of giving, consider becoming a bold partner and join the faithful listeners who keep this program going with their monthly financial support. When you sign up to give $30 a month or more, you'll also get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%. This will give you half off every devotional, Bible study, and kids' book at the Moody Publishers website. Sign up to become a Bold Partner today at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. I'm Wayne Shepherd reminding you to join us again Monday for part two of Mark's message, Awaken Your Faith. That's coming up next week on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.